We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It's a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia, Steven, always and forever. And what's the top story? The top story, before we get into Georgia Tech athletics, is that longtime listeners and subscribers to the What's the Good Word channel has noticed that the What's the Good Word universe is expanding. Joshua, explain. Well, we've talked on this show for a while. I am the fan who wants to get into this industry and use it as a career. You are the fan of Georgia Tech athletics. You're also a fan of Atlanta sports. And we assume that if you are a Georgia Tech fan, at some point or another, you have picked up a fandom for another team in the metro Atlanta area and Cobb County now because the Braves moved. So we have expanded the What's the Good Word universe to include the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Atlanta Braves, all with one podcast episode a week so that you get your one-stop shop for all Atlanta sports news, opinions, think pieces, predictions, projections. I can keep naming adjectives. Basically, if you want a podcast that does it all, you've got the what's the good word. So we have never, we've always said we're doing this as a labor of love, but the other part of this is Joshua has made no bones about, he's a young man, he's 23, and he is looking to get into the sports media market. So because we don't have sponsors who pay our bills, we get to kind of do what we want. And so Joshua came to me with the idea, he wanted to do other podcasts about other uh, Atlanta teams. I said, man, go for it. Absolutely. I'm hoping he occasionally has me on these other shows. Uh, especially about baseball, my my other passion and love. But if not, that's fine. I uh, maybe Sea Dog or or Tech to, uh, Rec Tech what, what? Rec Talk Rec Talk. Come on, sorry, sorry, Rec Talk. My apologies. Uh, but find other podcasters out there. Listen, if you are listening to this podcast and you only want to listen to about Georgia Tech athletics then we are always going to have that once a week show until the summer comes. And then we'll do some summer shows. We're not leaving you. And it is the flagship of this channel. Um, We're just going to flood you with a couple other shows about other Atlanta sports teams. We hope you listen. And if not, you know, we, we hope you still acknowledge us as your, see like that as your, uh, as your Georgia tech uh, podcast, by the way, let's just state the obvious Joshua. Is there going to be any other podcast about maybe not Atlanta, but some other regional college up 316 that can't read or write or do arithmetic very well? There are a lot of things, Stephen, that I would rather do than cover that school. The misspelled canines? I will not. They're not in the metro Atlanta area. Exactly. Down in the boonies in Athens. (laughs) We're we're not worried about them. To hell with their podcasts. I'll I'll start covering Georgia Southern football before I cover that team. Yeah, you won't be doing that either. No, I'm not. uh, So we're hoping that your two favorite podcasts are What's the Good Word and the other What's the Good Word podcast because you don't want to listen to 
any idiotic podcasts about those misspelled canines. So anyway, that's uh, that's the little major update. We won't be uh, spending as much time on it in future episodes. We just wanted to explain what's happening in your subscription box, and we hope you enjoy it with us. Remember, it's this is the flagship once a week. We'll title it so you know the ones about Georgia Tech, if that's all you're here for. If you want to sample some of the other shows, give it a try. And Joshua... They can get a hold of you at JoshuaJulian26 at Outlook.com. By the way, give them your TikTok if yeah. they want to. If you listen to the other two, I was letting you know I make more content because when I'm not you know, doing my full-time job, I am talking about sports in some way, shape, or form. If you want to follow me on TikTok at SadAtlantaFan1113. <laughs> That's a great name. Well, it, it just reflects the the nature of a lot of Atlanta fans. If you want to follow the TikTok, um, I break down a bunch of pod, uh, not podcast prospects on that channel. I've done football, I've done a lot of baseball, and I've done basketball. Currently, I'm talking about my big board for the 2024 NBA draft, and I am going through my, every MB, MLB farm system, and I'm giving my top ten prospects. And I've also done hidden gems. I've done personal favorites. I've done guys that I've met because I worked in a minor league clubhouse for two years. So it's just if you want if you want to if you want somebody to kind of talk to you about exactly why this guy that's going to get picked at number 18 in the NBA draft might be a future star. I'm your guy. All right, we're five minutes in. That's our sponsorship. We're done. Let's start talking sports. We're going to start with basketball. We're going to try. We're going to cover a lot of sports. Some of them very, very quickly. Um, there. So for the third time in the ACC season, Georgia Tech went one and one in a week. Woo! Yeet. So we haven't won two games in a row in the ACC, so we just got to celebrate every victory. We're uh, recording this right after the Clemson game, which is the bad news. Joshua, give us uh, – do you want to start with the bad news or I'm going to give news? you the good news because I go chronologically, go Stephen. So Saturday, February 17th was Georgia Tech's win. And Georgia Tech, believe it or not – beat a middle-tier ACC team. Yeah, our first average ACC win of the year. <laughs> Instead of beating one of the top four teams in the conference, Georgia Tech beat about the eighth or ninth best team yeah. in the Syracuse Orangemen. Now, they were at McCamish Pavilion, so it was a home win. But um, not exactly a blowout either. Georgia Tech took home the win 65-60. to They did win both halves, though. Um, very consistent from the Orange, 30 points in both halves. So not um, not a lot of variance there in their performance. Georgia Tech 34 in the first, 31 in the second. Notable performers, Miles Kelly double-double 16 and 10 with a steal. By Dongo had a double-double 16 and 11, finally looking like the bye that we saw in non-conference play. 6 of 10 from the field, also had 6 turnovers, but that's to be expected. He does have the ball in his hands a lot, so it's all fair. Tafar Gapari had 10 points and 9 rebounds on 4 of 6, shooting himself with a block and a steal. And then Kyle Sturdivant off the bench, 17 points and 4 assists, 4 of 8 from 3, adding 2 steals to it. Those were kind of the main players. Everybody else chipped in here and there. Kowasi had a couple points. Nate George had 2 rebounds and 3 assists. Although he only played 20 minutes, Kyle played 32. So just a, a decent all-around performance from the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. We finally won a game where the other team played bad and we didn't play worse. Um, we won this game because of offensive rebounds. We won this game because they were shooting horribly and they got no offensive rebounds against us. We really held them to one shot. We had a ton of turnovers, but they turned the ball over by not shooting well and not getting second-chance opportunities. Um, there was definitely some good things going on, 
a lot, you know, kind of even balance scoring at the top and got some offense from some people. We had enough offense to win and held them, you know, again to one shot and our defense was good enough and it it was an ugly game. But we instead of giving it away, we finally kind of finished a game, hit some free throws, had some big plays. So it's it's certainly a game we've seen a lot of, except the first time this whole season, especially in the ACC, we came away with a win at the end rather than losing it. So yeah, you that look was at, the Syracuse game. Look at the numbers. I mean, Georgia Tech shot 39% from the field, but Syracuse shot 37%. Yeah, they're Tech shot 28% from three. Syracuse shot 16. 16. Four one, of 25. Six. That's, um, that's Tech had good. 17 turnovers, but they also had 12 offensive rebounds. Right. So it... Just not a definitely not a good game from the Yellow Jackets. You would say. I mean, it, they did enough to win, and sometimes that's all you can really ask for. And but I was gonna say sometimes all I really ask for because we haven't had that this year again. Again, since ACC started, we haven't had this where hey, sometimes you just do enough to win. We, we but you know we have had a decent amount of the game we the blowout next game losses. The next game we're gonna talk about, and that's gonna lead me into the next game against Clemson on yeah. Wednesday. At McCamish Pavilion again. This was a team that Georgia Tech had beaten at home. They beat Clemson at Clemson. So I'm not gonna. I don't. I didn't expect Georgia Tech to win. I expected them to put up a fight, right? Because they had shown that they at least had played them well. I don't know if they took Clemson by surprise. I don't know if they just matched up well. This was going to be the game to kind of show us. And it turns out that Georgia Tech took them by surprise because Clemson won 81 to 57. On our home floor, it's not 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 a good look. Miles Kelly did hit a thousand career points, so there was a milestone for him. Kudos, Miles. We appreciate you, sir. But Yay. I say he had eight points in thirty minutes on two of eight shooting. He just couldn't really. Clemson was was clearly focused on stopping him. He got two early threes and basically didn't do anything else after that. It was. A lot of kind of whenever he went to the paint, they crashed around him and he was struggling to find the open man. Uh, the only two guys in double digits for the game were Kyle Sturvent, the um, steady veteran off the bench with 14, and then Tafarag Apare, who had 10 points and 7 rebounds. Now, it was on 3 of 7 shooting, 0 of 4 from 3, and I mean, these were threes that were wide open. There was one where he got it at the top of the key. He he took a took like three beats to kind of line it up, think about it, and then shot it, and he missed. Tafar has been a little bit of a, a, a scapegoat. Uh, he, On this he podcast, has, yes. He has received some wrath and some ribbing from us, um, and from me in particular. I want to state officially, in the last three games or so, Tafar Gapare is feeling more comfortable. He is doing more than a couple of good things in every game. And is starting to get a little more confident. However, Tafar, you need a ton of work on your threes. You need to stop taking threes. Yes, well, he did stop taking threes. But, I mean, again, the the low lights are coupled with a couple highlights. He had he blocked a jump shot yeah, and took beautiful. it in transition. Almost hit a reverse layup that he got fouled on. He also... Um, they got a we had a block at the end of the first half by Dongo had a great play on PJ Hall and he took the ball in transition went behind his back and got all the way to the cup and laid it up before the buzzer so again there's there's so many plays where I, he Tafara does something that I look around and go there's only like 10 people on this earth right now that can yeah. probably replicate that but then there's a lot of plays where I'm like oh that's right yeah he's he's like a baby deer yeah he uh, yeah it, it's 
But we'll again, see what he becomes. He took some. He's he's taken some flack from us. He was far from the. I mean, everybody struggled today. By Dongo was two of nine from the field. Kowasi Reeves was one of six. Nate George three of seven. Tyjon Claude of two. Ibrahim Asako, 0 of 2. Carter Murphy got some burn at the end of the game. He was 1 of 2. He had the highest field goal percentage on the team. It's just not. I mean, Georgia Tech gave up big game to uh, Caleb Hunter. P.J. Hall only had 11 because he wasn't really having to do anything else. He had almost all that in the first 10 minutes. Ian Shefflin had 19 because he just couldn't miss uh, 14 from Joe Girard. I mean, it it was very, very balanced onslaught on the Yellow Jackets. If you watch the game, if you watch the Clemson-Georgia Tech game, this one... You saw a team in Clemson that I want our team to be. I saw a team that that and and if you watch us, one of the things, one of the biggest things, there's so many small things that I see us do wrong that that bug me. Lane violations. For the second time this season, I saw us have a lane violation. We we miss layups. You know, we it's. Missing front end of one and ones, as Joshua likes to say. I think we lead the conference, if not the nation, in missing the front end of one and ones. My, listen, I, when I used to play, that's considered a turnover. You've given a free shot, you can at least get one point, and if you get none, that's an empty trip down the court. So, I, I, it's it's these small things that when you're going bad and you're having a bad stretch, you can you, that's that's the kind of things that shows up. You can't have it the entire season. And those are the things that have to get cleaned up. Those are the things that, you know, Stoudemire talks about his standard. Well, they they're not reaching the standard and coach, you got to figure out how to get them to that standard. You got to they they got to do we've got to do that. So, um you know, I was we are who we are. And uh, this game did not surprise me at all because we did not play well at all. We started with three threes in the first three minutes or first two minutes. It was, it was, uh, you know, nine, uh, 10, nine. And from that point, we scored 48 points the last 38 minutes. At one point, halfway through the second half, we were two of 15 from the field in the second half. That is not good. That's not going to do it. So we now stand at 11 and 16, 4 and 12 in the conference. We play at Miami and then Florida State and then finish up with Wake Forest, Virginia. Miami's struggling a little. I don't know. Maybe we can get a win. Maybe we can get one more. We'll we'll see. I, yeah. I know what I expect, which is we're going to have a stretch where we go, ooh, okay, all right. And then we're going to have a stretch where we go, is this a junior high team I'm watching? What is going e- on? I here? don't expect much of anything. Yeah, I know. I, 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 am, I am personally mentally in off-season mode. Yeah. But – there are, is some good news to talk about with the yes. rest of Georgia Tech athletics, correct? Uh, uh, well, a little bit. So let's uh, let's go through this. Uh, yeah, you're going to talk some good I've baseball. Good news. Yeah, I don't know some, about you. Some good baseball highlights. Before we get to baseball, let's talk about the, the softball team. Uh, the softball team now stands at uh, – they're having a rough start to the season. They are 4-7. and seven. Now, they've been playing a lot of good teams, and apparently the ACC softball team uh, – or league is absolutely stacked. Uh, well, before they got to that stacked league, they've they've been playing some ranked teams. So uh, I do want to say that Georgia Tech uh, today on Wednesday did get back on the winning track by beating Georgia State nine to four. So uh, do want to acknowledge that. Also want to acknowledge. I hope it will become a trend because we in talking about them last week uh, we had talked about how chicks dig the long ball they had had a couple home runs 
Well, they've played 11 games, and the team has 17 home runs. So, you know, Chick's still digging the long ball. So they keep, are indeed. So keep hitting those dingers and maybe turn around the, the defense and pitching. By the way, uh, Georgia Tech did make it onto John Boy Media. I don't know if any of you are followers of John Boy Media. No, not their warehouse, not their blitz ball or anything like that. Um, in Against Alabama, they were down 5-1 uh, to one, uh, or 5 nothing. No. Yeah, 5-1. Sorry. They were down 5-1. Had bases loaded, 7th inning. Nobody out. Jacked it to the wall. Alabama took away a home run. A tag-up run did score from third, but they doubled up uh, the, the runner. So it wasn't second. for a good thing. So, uh, yeah. So it, it we'll choose to believe it doesn't tied, exist. Could have tied the game. Instead, uh, we ended up it, – it got a double play, and then – we didn't get anything else and uh, wah, ended wah. the game. But we were on John Boy Media. So, Yay. so that's not necessarily good news. The 17 dingers, good news. Keep it up, ladies. It is indeed. Well, from one sport to a similar sport, the baseball team is back in action, ladies and gentlemen. The Yellow Jackets are on the diamond. There's a goose egg in the re- record right now. There's a goose egg in the record. Oh. And it's in the good column. Oh, it's, it's in, in the, the loss it's column. In the, it's in the loss Georgia column. Georgia Tech starts their season 4-0. and Now, before you get too excited, they did start the season with a three-game series against Radford. I'm not going to say that Radford's an awful team, but I do not believe it is the caliber The powerhouse team. Radford? Is we that... will be playing much better teams in the ACC. Mm. Let's, let's keep it that way. But um, briefly to recap the weekend series, it started off with an absolute slugfest of a game where Terry Busey only lasted an inning and gave up six runs in that inning with three walks. Not a great debut as the Friday night starter for the Yellow Jackets. So from a 6 nothing hole, Georgia Tech was able to pull out a 21-8 to victory. Mm. Because the at-bats, ladies and gentlemen, are as real as can be. You're talking about a game where we had home runs from, and I'm going to take a breath here, Michael Bacchetti, Trey Younger, Vaughn Lackey, Cam Jones, Peyton Green, and two from freshman Drew Burris. There's a lot of home runs. And then just, I mean, it was runs on top of runs on top of runs. There were two pitchers for Radford, both that only pitched an inning and a third that gave up five earned runs, another that gave up four, and another that gave up three. Georgia Tech just started an onslaught and did not stop. Peyton Green, four for four. Um, And you'll see why he won ACC Player of the Week or Weekend or whatever. Um, this previous cycle because he was on an absolute heater. Now, the second game was a much more tame affair. It looks like more of a baseball score, not a football score. Uh, it was 7-3 to three Jackets, and that was aided by a very good start from Aiden Finitary, uh, one of the returning starters. He went six innings, only four hits, one run, one walk, and eight punch-outs. That's some pitching that we like to see. It's about time. Yeah, it's about Keep time. Keep it going. As well as great relief appearances from Brett Thomas, Dimitri Diamant, and outfielder slash relief pitcher Cam Jones. Who Cam Jones was 0 for 4 in this game, but you also had a 3 for 5 day from catcher Matthew Ellis, uh, 2 for 5 from the Drew from Drew Burris, and then 2 for 3 from Peyton Green with two walks. Guess what? Peyton Green hit a home run. Because that seems like what this team does. So... Um, just a good solid game from the Jackets, and then they followed it up with another similar game, six to three, in the closing game against Radford. Uh, three innings from Mason Patel, who's a transfer from Georgia State. He gave up three runs, but then the bullpen shut it down. Cameron Hill and Carson Ballard went six innings of no hits, no runs, only one walk, and just 
silence the bats. Mm. And um, the only other real notable guys from this game was another home run from Drew Burris and another home run from Peyton Green. I think that they're going to be the the dynamic duo of this lineup. What do you think so far, Steven? Uh, let's let's hope they keep keep raking. I it like, sure I like it what sure I'm seems so like far. it. It sure seems like it. Um, and then to finish off the four-game stretch, they had a midday game on Tuesday against Georgia Southern. Was it Tuesday? Yes, it was Tuesday. Uh, and they won 7-4. to four. And it was a close game To um, at one point. Georgia Southern got an early 3-0 lead, and it ended up 4-1 at one point. But then Georgia Tech had two in the seventh and four in the eighth to take away the eventual win. Logan McGuire came back from an injury last year and started this game, went four innings, gave up the three runs, but he did have seven strikeouts. So mm. if you can work on the control, I would imagine there could be something there. But the bullpen, once again, Ben King, Dawson Brown, and Cam Jones – continued to shut the door. Um, on offense, Drew Burris was one for three with three RBIs at the top of the lineup. You also had a two for five day from Cam Jones, a one for three day from John Giesler, and two for two from Michael Bacchetti with two walks as well. No home runs, interestingly enough, but there were at least a couple extra base hits, and Georgia Tech just took care of business and did what they had to do. Any rumor, any uh, truth to the rumor and innuendo that Michael Bacchetti is going to... Uh... Uh, have a special appearance on NXT and tag team with Tony D. Uh, there's no truth to stacks. that. No, he's too busy. Okay. He's right. in the cage. He doesn't leave the cage. That's right. He's hitting. All but he does is hitting. Just to kind of a different kind of hitting. Give you give you the the averages <laughs> and the stats. You have four guys on offense right now that are hitting above 400. Drew Burris, Michael Bacchetti, Trey Younger, who is a transfer that we didn't mention on this show, but he's from Wofford and he is raking so far to begin the year. Uh, seven for sixteen, and then Peyton Green hitting four sixty-seven. That terrier can hit now as a jacket. <laughs> yeah, he can. Um, so yeah, so a good start for the Yellow Jackets, um, and their season will continue. By the way, as, as as I tried to get you to break on a obscure wrestling reference that none of our fans really recognize, I I bet this is why some of them are like, oh, this is why Joshua is doing all the yes, other shows. Exactly why. <laughs> so he doesn't have to talk to you. All right. Speaking of Ben King from the baseball team, we want to congratulate him for his selection to the inaugural Lou Gehrig Community Impact Team for his service to the community and leadership. That was brought to us by field reporter Stacy. Also an article from RamblinRec.com. And if any of you are going, wow, that's awesome. Tell me more about that. No, go search it on Ramblin' Rec and read the article for yourself because we don't want this show to be 40 minutes long. We're trying to keep it to a to a time here. No, we're not. Well, no, we try not. But anyway, so... Uh, Their next series will oh. be against Cornell oh. in Atlanta. Yes, Cornell. Cornell. Big red. <laughs> I believe Andrew Bernard will be at that game. So, yeah, he's gonna have be punching holes in walls. Will uh, is there any truth to the rumor that um, uh, and you oh, and your rumors? Yeah, rumor and innuendo. God. What was the uh, uh, here comes treble? <laughs> we'll be doing the national anthem. So I got him to break on that a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. All right, quickly, I do want to. Joshua does have to uh, wrap up the show. Uh, you, we're doing a, we're doing a series. You were going to talk about the defense and football, was. right? Before you get to that, let me give a couple of go for it. nuggets, uh, factoids. I got a factoid for you. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, I can't <laughs> say that on air. I can't finish we're, that joke. Yeah, we're not, we're not guided by the FCC. We can say whatever we want. So now <laughs> it, if you can't tell after a 20 some point loss to Clemson, we're just, I'm, I'm just trying to be happy about something. So I do want to tell you about the tennis team real quick. Uh, the men's tennis team, by the uh, by the way, oh, one other baseball thing. Clean old-fashioned hate. The weekend series, it is next weekend. 
uh, game in, game at Tech, game in Athens, game at Cool Rate. Listen, unfortunately, both the men's and women's tennis team both dropped their version of clean old-fashioned hate as a team. So at this point, the baseball and softball team, somebody needs to beat Georgia. Okay? Somebody win. Somebody win. It, it's it's getting. I'm 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 a little I'm a little verklempt. I'm a little frustrated. I'm, what I'm word did you just verklempt. use? So that is for oh, my generation. Wow. If you got out of tech in the '80s, '90s, it's a Mike Myers, Linda Richmond, Saturday Night Live character. Goes well. You might as well have just YouTube said Fugazi. That. Yeah. Okay. So Georgia Tech, uh, along with losing, unfortunately, a match to Georgia. However, the ITA men's tennis rankings came out the first rankings for the spring. So along with giving the top 25 teams, they include the top 25 players and top 60 doubles pairs. Andre Martin has jumped to number 14 in the nation. Wow, he's pretty good. Uh, Keshav Chopra Chopra has moved up to number 82. Gabriel Brancatelli sits at 98. Richard Biagotti at number 121. And the tech doubles pair of Chopra and Marcus McDaniel is ranked at number 22. Andre Martin has been a standout player. This is from Ramblin' Rec. Has been a standout player for tech and has led the team at court number one in every spring match this season. He currently has an 8-1 and record in dual competition. Martin has defeated three nationally ranked opponents, all in straight sets. He took down Alabama's number five, number 35, Philip. Planasek, Pepperdine's number 23, Edward Winter, and UCSB's number 19, Pablo Mahuan. So, shout out to Andre Martin being in not only the top uh, 125, but really being in the top 20, one of the top 20 ranked players at this point in time. Way to hold that number one spot. Good job. Yeah. Uh, One other uh, piece of information I wanted to give before you did football is that one of the first major spring tournaments happened in golf, the Water Sound Invitational, and Georgia Tech finished second overall. Ah. Yeah. Always the brass, Not man. only as a team, but uh, Christo Lamprecht also finished second. So the Georgia Tech team went into the final day in sixth place. They jumped up to second, uh, largely because of Hiroshi Tai's six under par 66 and got a 68 from Bartley Forrester. So they had the best team score on the final day. Uh, they had a 12 under par 276 as a team, and they tied for second place at the Water Sound Invitational. And then Chris, Christo Lamprecht had a 65 on the second round and had the 36-hole lead. He did shoot a 1 under par 71 and finished second to Florida State's Gray Albright. What is it with Florida State? Do they like... They're like awesome, and I mean they're 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 our nemesis. Well, there's just a golf course every time we turn yeah, around exactly. in Florida. It's not fair. Yeah, well, but we're doing well. I call it performance so, enhancing. Kudos to Christo Lamprick for finishing second. Kudos to the Tech team for finishing second. Uh, they will be doing other tournaments, and we will be covering them. Joshua, it's time to talk football. Yes, it is. Well, we talked about the offensive depth chart going into spring practices last week. Now I'm going to give you the defensive depth chart, and again, this comes from 24/7 Sports. Ooh. This comes from 24-7 Sports. You all right? Yes. Sorry, I choked on my own spit. <laughs> this comes from 24-7 Sports and the great – I got a factoid. The you inc- choked on your own spit. The incomparable, the um, the best that does it, Rob Rod McKenzie. He has published the offensive one. He's published the defensive one. He is who I get a lot of my information from. He live tweets almost every offer that Georgia Tech sends out there. Um, so, But before I get into that, actually, I've got an interesting little nugget of information to at least keep an eye on. There might be some more coaching turnover at Georgia Tech. 
In the football. In the football team, yes. So, for one, there is an open job. I believe it is over in a city in Georgia. It starts with an A, ends with an N, or S, S, Athens. Mm. They have a wide receiver job open, and the rumored innuendo is they are at least talking to Georgia Tech's Josh Crawford about his potentially taking that job. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, it's Georgia, so there's like, you know, seven different candidates, and it's all the la creme de la crop. Um, and then the other one is Georgia State now has a head coaching job open. Mm. And one of the guys that has been mentioned, I believe he might have been interviewed, is Buster Faulkner. <laughs> so I now the odds of him getting it, we'll see. I don't know if they'll try to go with an established head coach. I don't know if they'll go with a coordinator. We'll see what happens. Personally, but, I think Buster will wait for a better head coaching job. I would imagine. I mean, he's got the, I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to, you know, guess if they throw a lot of money at him. Oh, it's I'm hard guessing. to say now. That's what Alumni But is. just keep that in mind. We will cover that here on What's the Good Word. But right. anyway, those are on offense. We're talking about the defensive side of the ball, which Georgia Tech did struggle on last year. And they've also lost a decent amount of players from last year's team. So to reset the depth chart, get you guys some names to remember. Coming back, we're going to start on the defensive line. On def- a defensive end, you've got a lot of guys coming back. Uh, Makia Scott, Eddie Kelly, and Josh Robinson are all coming back from the depth chart, which were all the, the main guys from the UCF game, as well as Sylvain Yonjunain. I believe I'm saying his name right. Uh, probably not. But he got hurt about midway through last year, but he will be coming back again. He's got one more year left. So everybody that played defensive end snaps for Tech will be returning. Uh, on the inside at defensive tackle, you've got Zeke Biggers, Horace Lockett, Daquan Douse, uh, Shymeek Jones. They will all be returning as well. We will have transfer Io Tafase from Florida State. He's a young kid. He'll be looking to break into the rotation. But as I mentioned, with those three guys, those are three of Georgia Tech's best defensive players. So the odds of him breaking that rotation are kind of small. The only guy they're losing is Jason Moore. Now, on the edge depth chart, you will be seeing Kevin Harris return, but Noah Collins will be leaving. Uh, The two newcomers to know are transfer Jack Barton coming from Furman and freshman Jordan Boyd. Uh, So they both will be take be fighting for snaps at the backup because Kevin Harris has been solid. Kevin Harris has not been great. You also know that Cal Kennard uh, transferred out from the edge rotation at linebacker. Um, Georgia tech will be losing both Paul Mawala and Ashton Heflin who Paul Mawala is going to the draft. Ashton Heflin is in the transfer portal, but Kyle Efford will be back. Uh, the, one of the main, the kind of the, he came on strong at the end of the year at linebacker. You will also see, uh, Jacob Cruz, who is a probably a redshirt freshman at this point. I don't know if he played enough. You also have Louisville transfer Jackson Hamilton on top of Trenilius Tatum, who did enter his name in the portal, but then took it out. Uh, EJ Lightsey, the transfer from Georgia, and uh, Dakari Ashley, who came in with the 2023 class. The only other transfers to know, uh, Tyson Mygaze left, and Braylon Oliver was out of eligibility. Uh, finally, in the secondary, you've got uh, Nickel KJ Wallace, who left through the transfer portal. The only other one listed at the nickel position was Omar Daniels, who will be back, as well as Kerry Gee, who has been kind of in and out of the rotation, came in as a safety, has played kind of every position, similar to Amari Harvey, give or take. Um, Miles Sims and Kenyatta Watson, as well as um, Jalen King and and Sarad Bryant in the secondary. Those are the other guys that will be leaving. Jalen King out of eligibility, as is... Um, 
Miles Brooks, Miles Sims, he is going to the draft. Kenyatta Watson transferred. Meanwhile, you will be seeing Clayton Powell Lee, LaMiles Brooks, uh, Amari Harvey, Rodney Shelley. All of those guys will be returning and getting snaps. But a lot of those guys are either safeties or, you know, most most of their safeties. The corners to know that are coming in are is Tennessee transfer Warren Burrell and Rhode Island transfer Saeed Gibbs. I imagine those will be the two main starting safeties on the boundary. I guess we'll see. It depends on how Amari Harvey became a bit of a turnover machine at the end of the year last year. So maybe he'll get a shot. Rodney Shelley can kind of play anywhere. Uh, you will also see DJ Moore playing some cornerback. Uh, DJ Moore was a wide receiver out of Archer that came in in the 2023 class. Didn't get any snaps because, as we know, the wide receiver room did turn out to be pretty good last year. So he moved over to DB at the end of the season. It wasn't even like it was like before the Georgia game or like during bowl practice. He was just moved over to the other side of the ball. Now, if we know anything about this coaching staff, sometimes position changes work out very well. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on that. Uh, the other ones to know, freshman, returning freshman Stephen Jones from Alabama, um, uh, Alabama High School, Tay Seymour, Nico Dowdell, and Cedric Franklin. Those are a lot of younger guys that we've seen in the last couple um, uh, recruiting classes. Just keep their, your eye on them. They have been brought in. They have not transferred out with some of the other guys from the 2023 class. Uh, just remember those names. They might come on strong this year. So, Joshua, That's if we're keeping an eye on these people... Uh, when can we go see the spring game? Well, I'll tell you. Tell me. It's April 13th. Ooh. And as friend of show Kent reminded us, it's in the afternoon. So uh, the football game is set for uh, April 13th, and it'll be at 1 p.m. And remember, that's also the day that there's a lot of other stuff going on. I believe there's a baseball, softball game all on campus. Tennis, I think, has a match. Make a day of it. Yeah, make Make a a day day of it. it. Hang out at the flats. And while you're down there and enjoying the spring football game and you've got your show of of you're listening to Joshua's depth chart and you're making notes yourself, uh, waiting for the day that the coaching staff calls you and says, hey, what do you think we should do? While you're waiting on that, remember the most important question you can ask yourself. What is the good word?